So from a segmentation point of view, it's super powerful. Before, we couldn't do that. Even a human couldn't do it. You can always argue, is it this industry down there? And that's, that's again, data analytics, something new, which I like with tools. Not only something you can do better, but something new. B2B has the potential to be electrifying. But the industry is paralysed by a culture of conservatism. Scared stiff in a straitjacket of rational ideas. It's time for change. It's time to make B2B marketing visceral. Join us as we uncover and explore the truth with leading B2B marketers. This is B2B marketing, the provocative truth. Hello and welcome to B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth. I'm Benedict and today I'm joined by the CMO of Ivan First, David Remo. Um, David, a very, very warm welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Benedict. So I'm super happy to be here. Uh, AI is a fantastic subject. Uh, I'm, I'm, so I'm the CMO of Ivan First. We are helping SMEs to ready international payments to help them save money and time. And I've been there for four years. I've been in the software industry for 30 years, marketing as 10 years, and actually I've been in the AI space for quite a long time. Excellent. I mean, that, that was honestly one of the most perfectly succinct introductions I think that we've had on the podcast. So immediate sort of congratulations and recognition on, on that. That was perfect. Um, and you mentioned there that you've got a background in AI and AI is going to be the topic of today's conversation. Uh, clearly, that is dominating a lot of the news cycle at the moment, incredibly topical um, within the world, general life, society. Um, but our conversation today is going to be focused on on AI within the context of marketing. And probably without a lot of people realizing it, it's already quite instrumental in a lot of the MarTech that we are familiar with. But I think that we're probably only just scratching the surface in terms of AI's potential within um, our particular profession. So to kick off today's conversation, um, as we always do, I wanted to start with a provocative truth. Um, and that's the idea that, as it will with a lot of other business processes, um, AI has the potential to make marketing more effective uh, and also, I think, simultaneously um, improve and enhance the actual customer experience. So from my perspective, I think that marketers need to stop sort of fretting, stop fear mongering and actually concentrate on the benefits that um, AI presents um, and make the move so they can actually take advantage of first mover advantage within the, the industry. Um, what is your sort of perspective on that as a sort of a property of truth? Less fretting, more, more benefits. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think um, there's a lot of fantasy around AI. Uh, for mm. a long time, and and uh, and also a lot of reality. Um, if if you look at the fantasy, AI is about getting jobs. Okay, it's always been this, and um, and we have all you know also global AI, you know iRobot movie uh, machines going to 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 kill us. And to be honest, market seller, market market uh, tech sellers are also pushing that a lot, so that mm. each time there is a new wave, we have a lot of people explaining the benefits. So this fantasy. Uh, is something which which is not new, uh, but we need, as you said, to go down to the reality of stuff. And 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 we've seen AI already performing a lot in the past um, about you know automation and 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 to gain time and productivity. I think this time uh, maybe we want to go there already, but I think that generative AI. Is something which we are talking about, especially with you know the ChatGPT and so on, uh, is new in the sense that it it helps to produce content, okay, 
images, videos, and, and text. Whereas previous AI were more about sorting stuff, uh, automating actions. And at the end, uh, creating content, images, and video is all about marketing at the end. Mm -hmm. So the technology generative AI is very linked to marketing as a job. So that's why I think it's very connected uh, Generative AI and marketing. So, do you think we've we're we're almost we have we're on the precipice of making that big shift? Historically, it's all been about the focus of um, efficiency. How do we do things quicker? Whereas now, actually, what AI has the potential is to make marketing a hell of a lot better uh, and better in terms of the, uh, the the content that we are creating um, and its relevance ultimately to to the target audience. Is, is, this is the sort of the the era that we're now moving into. I know. I think it's more that uh, again, the new type of AI looks like marketing, so mm -hmm. that's why it's, it's relevant. But at the end, it's it's an, an AI. It's a new tool, and mm -hmm. okay, so it's. Like all new tools, we need to understand what exactly it can do, stuff it can do better for us or, or, or not. It's as if, I don't like actually the term AI, it's as if we were saying electric, you know, electric tool. So I can tell you, oh, I'm using an electric tool. It can be a, a bike or a drill, electric drill. But if I want to go fast and I use an electric drill, I will not help. So we need to go into more detail about what type of objective we have, what type of task. And then we'll see which AI can help or not. And, 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 and this is where I think that the new generation of AI is maybe not that different from mm -hmm. others. Maybe some tiny, um, from my point of view, a risk, I would say, we can tackle. But if you look at really what it can provide today to generate AI, I think it's all about uh, the context, okay? Um, automation tools, uh, analyzing data. We can take the example of analyzing data. Uh, if I give you a huge amount of data with machine learning, uh, with mm -hmm. previous generation, you had to train and you took a lot of uh, training because when you analyze data, you, you need volume, you have bad quality data and you need the context, okay? So if I give someone in my team, I don't know, a hundred quotes from clients and I say, give me, the tendency or sort them or whatever, I don't have to explain more than that. Mm -hmm. I, the, the, the guy or girl will give me a result, sorting and finding uh, insights in it. And that will work very well. Previous AI, you had to train the machine to get that. And when you train the machine, it takes time and then you cannot reuse it, for example, uh, analyzing email. With generative AI, you can provide the context in human world, like I'm CMO of Iban first, we are SME with international payment, our clients, our CFOs, those are their quotes. Can you help me sorting out and find me the four, five best, um, I'd say, benefits we provide to our clients? Mm -hmm. And this is it, and we give you the result right away. And that's yeah. new, okay? So that's something which, for example, in generative AI helps a lot. So you're still seeing that the primary application is going to be around using AI from an analytics perspective to give you insights that can inform decision making rather than using it actually as a content creation um, tool, for instance. No, I think it's, it's maybe it's more me, which I'm very data driven. So I started to look at, at that part. Uh, I, I think marketing 
is about content, but it's also about mm. targeting. It's about segments. It's about understanding clients. So again, we should start from there <laughs> before uh, jumping mm. into a massive <laughs> content generation. So that's why I'm talking about this analytics uh, first. And, and this is where, honestly, I see stuff that it's not all about doing more than we did before. It's just doing stuff that we can, could not do before. So it's thinking mm. AI first. And in the data generation, just to finish on the data and then we go to the content, very basic stuff that I had is, uh, there is we have a thousand industries in our client portfolio, thousands, okay? And you want to do segment out of that, okay? And it's pretty complex, you know? We just, again, gave the AI the context, who we are and what we achieve, and we say, put those thousands industry into 10 segments, okay? Mm-hmm. And done it right away. So from a segmentation point of view, it's super powerful. Before, we couldn't do that. Even a human couldn't do it. You can always argue, is it mm. this industry mm-hmm. there and there? And that's, that's, again, data analytics, something new, which I like with tools. Not only something you can do better, but something new. If we go to content, um, obviously, uh, the capability to generate more content uh, in the sense that you can automate all of the processes, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty easy now with the new generative AI to say, I give you one f- template, one context, and I have 10 personas, 10 languages, four social networks, uh, and it will give you like, 400 messages, you know, mm. right away, which in, in, in few minutes. So that's, that's amazing. And in terms of volume generation, it's, it's so powerful that, that uh, it, it, it really impacts uh, this capability to generate a lot of content. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, look, it's simultaneously scary, but enormously exciting in terms of, because one of the, the criticisms traditionally of psycho, taking that hyper-personalized approach is that there wasn't that much substance to the hyper-personalization. It wasn't rich content, whereas what AI from a sort of a content generative capacity enables is really rich content that is hyper-personalized, which I think is enormously exciting. Scary, but enormously, enormously exciting. If we just go back to sort of, I mean, talking about some of the the advantages which you can get from a sort of a data analytics perspective, and I think you're talking about the speed that you can process that information, but also when you talked to Brown, sort of how you would segment, for instance, an audience, that, that accuracy, which a human being w- would struggle with. Um, is this something that you're, you are already realizing those benefits within um, Ivan First? Is that something that you've been able to, to implement or do you still are working towards that? Oh, to be honest, we are still working. I mm. think it's, it's, it's pretty new. Uh, you know, when your segment is good, when you manage to have the results of it, mm. which in marketing takes time. Uh, so putting in place the campaigns, um, having the results. Uh, but we, 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 we see the first results really in insulting our clients. Mm. Again, um, we are targeting SMEs. Okay, and SMEs is a, an amazing market, but at the same time, it's a complex market because you have the volume, but you don't, everybody's very specific and you want to keep the specificity of each mm. uh, entrepreneurs and, and companies. So I'm a very big fan of micro segmentation in mm. marketing, which consists in trying to find micro segments and to try to automate the approach of micro segmentation. And 
typically, this is where um, the tools that exist so far did not uh, help me a lot, even machine learning-based scoring. But this is where I think that uh, we already see the results that the machine the AI can provide us a better view on from a micro-segmentation point of view mm. on our client database so that we are very close to, the, to, to their need and to the people in a quite uh, uh, yeah, fragmented environment. And we've talked here almost about how this is a a continuous almost curve of improvement that AI is enabling. Um, and clearly the speed element that we just talked about, the actress element are you know clear in terms of that, that, that advantage. But from your perspective and when you've analyzed where AI is at the moment, what are the potential, I suppose, risks and what are the drawbacks with the current generation of AI that is starting to um, be used within marketing? Yeah, I think the um, the volume actually mm. is is a risk uh, because if you think like uh, we we are super proud we we've generated a hundred percent AI based SEO article mm -hmm. and by the way I I offer a beer to anybody that can find which article <laughs> on our blog is this one okay <laughs> and it was a process where we are very strict on the fact that we wanted the quality and and so and we say okay we can do thousands of that and can have massive SEO blog articles. But at the end, everybody does that. Okay? And, and we have more and more producers. It's like social network. If you look at the social mm -hmm. network, we reach a point where we have almost one producer for one consumer. Okay? And so we have so many content. Now we are scaling more. We have 10 times, 100 times producers compared to readers. So... The end point is not the content you produce, is where you publish it. Okay, what's the point of having SEO blog articles if people don't go anymore in Google, or sorry, any other SEO <laughs> search engine, and they go to an AI ChatGPT to ask the question? So I think the risk is that it changed the way people will consume, okay, the content. So uh, this is really the balance: volume, okay. We need to keep the quality. That's our really main goal because we know that, and you can come to the uh, poor or uh, disappointing part of uh, AI in generating some contents sometimes, which which are doesn't feel very human and very yeah. uh, boring. So you need to to challenge that. And our view is that we need to have human in a lot of processes uh, to to finalize, to fine tune, to to adapt it so that it, it, it's, it's really performing. But at the end, if you do that, but at the same time, you are not where people are reading, or then you are lost. So I think it's more so on the distribution side of the content mm. that things can happen, pushing more our client to talk about us, uh, to, to enable our uh, I mean, uh, promoters, rather than pushing all of content in a traditional channel only. I think that that um, that the 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 route of discovery is an interesting part, but I think also in terms of what you were mentioning earlier around the the, the volume, there is a a real risk if everybody is using the same tools and competitors are wanting ultimately to produce the same articles for exactly the same results, you do end up with this homogenization of content. Now, clearly, machine learning, you know, it's it's not something which is static, so that would constantly evolve. But I, I fear that there probably would be a risk of you end up with quite homogenized content. And I think that we will probably rush towards using AI, we'll see a, a huge burst of everybody sort of deploying it. Then you reach that 
almost a saturation point or a checkpoint. Exactly. And then I think we will probably rewind and, and then we will look at things differently. I, but I suspect that probably we are on that curve for the next 18 to sort of 24 months. And then we'll reach that check and balance point, And then we will have to look at things differently. And I think that's where there's, I think, real room for optimism in terms of the um, the role of human beings to play in yeah. terms of how and we can originate certain elements, which then can be fed into an, um, an AI machine again. Sorry, anyway, you were saying? No, no, just to complete on that, I think mm. we have a chance at Iban first because our core business, we are a B2B platform, very digital, yeah. okay? But from the beginning, we have put in place the experience overall for our clients mm. and we have your vantage. It means that yeah. at any, any point of time, you do everything on the platform, but if you need someone, an expert to help you to understand, to fix a payment problem or to, to support a reality, we always have someone on the, on, on the phone. So mm. we, from the beginning, have the human touch in our design. Okay. So we, 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 and I think we will try to go faster than 24 months mm -hmm. uh, into trying to find where we need to have the human uh, at the right place, okay, and 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 obviously, um, I'm I'm not anxious about that. Looking at uh, knowing the theory of AI and knowing where we're starting to use it, there's all of place where we as human, as marketer, have a lot to uh, to give. Let's look at translation. Mm -hmm. We can do amazing uh, automation of translation and savings or whatever, but you always need a proofreader, always. Yeah. Yeah. So, because proofreading is something which, to me, I value a lot. I think it's the, uh, clearly it's that human check, which you've just described. It's the human touch points, which are still so, so important, you know, um, and that's why you know, actually somebody on the other end, at the end of the phone can be such an important part of an otherwise automated process. But I think the other key role um, in terms of the, the human being is being able to put the right inputs into um a generative AI program. I mean, I think we can all see the difference um, if we take sort of the humble Google search. If you've got somebody that can think about a search query in the right way, understand what those right keywords are, the results they'll get back are far superior to someone who's just putting in something generic. And it's the same, you know, when people are experimenting with chat GPT, yeah. you ask a very broad question and then you're not yeah. including the right elements, you get so much back. It's still quite valuable. But you ask a more nuanced question, then it's incredible what the sort of the return is. So yeah. that that as a skill set in terms of understanding how a human being can provide the right inputs is going to just be increasingly important. And I think this is where marketers are going to need to sort of really invest in either the right people or upskilling in the right ways to use um, AI. Hundred percent with you, yeah. And so look, we've, we've spoken. I think it's been a really interesting conversation around um, like some of the theory around AI. Um, it's potential but if we just put it into sort of practical terms for you know the b2b marketer um from your perspective over the next 12 months what should marketers be focusing in on in terms of to bring ai into their martech um, stacks yeah the, the first thing you're already mentioning is about to test okay mm -hmm. and and it's about um Giving and I think it can be very specific from a company to another, from a type of uh, of business. I mentioned that B two B for SMEs is micro segmentation, so uh, and then segment segmentation uh, for some company ABM could be also an opportunity to have very tailored messaging mm. uh, toward uh, the, the client. Uh, we are also uh, looking at client interactions because I think the con 
instead of going to an FAQ where which boring to read, you can have ChatGPT making a kind of conversation around mm -hmm. that content, which make it more interactive, not human, but interactive. So I think the areas are, are, are very wide. Honestly, to me, it's hard to say it would be pretentious. I even don't know for Ivan First Marketing exactly <laughs> what's going to be the endpoint. I, I know, uh, actually, we are testing a lot. We try to understand the product. Well, as you mentioned, we've learned the prompt stuff. We made the yep. mistakes. Uh, we are still figure out how to have generate image with people with five fingers. I don't know the story. You know, you always have people with four fingers or six fingers and it's, it's, it's killing the, the, the video generation. So there's a lot of mistakes. We're also learning and, uh, on, on the um, confidentiality point of view because mm -hmm. you need to, the more you give to the, the machine, the AI, the more it, it, it provides you creativity, but it's your data, your quality. So that's a big one. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and honestly, this is a bit slow now. Today, um, what is already given to me uh, is that everybody doing content, reviewing, generating, gain time. Okay, it's hard to measure, but posting LinkedIn, bootstrapping articles, uh, it's uh, video images. I mean, it's already massive, the gain we have. I, I, I shouldn't say that too out loud as a CMO because then my my board will tell me to cut my <laughs> <Yeah>, budget. <laughs> so, oh, you're preempting my next question. <laughs> so I said, oh shit! Why did I say that? So no, actually, we need more budget. Yeah. No, but seriously, I think that from a really uh, helping people, it's it, I, I used that in the past. We we invented in my previous company the augmented accountant. I think we are in the augmented marketer now. Really, mm. okay. So someone not using it, just is is someone which is uh, old old fashioned for, for for content. I would say that's to me. Uh, so and this is already getting a lot of value in the things since we automate and we can spend more time on the high value stuff. Okay. Yeah. Which is what exactly in my photo I want to highlight, what in my content will touch. Uh, so spending more time on what we like as marketers, impacting, understanding our clients, than the production self. That's, I think, already given, and it's already massive because we should have better content at the end of the, of the day, uh, more targeted. I said that you touched on what my next question was going to be. And I, I, I want to take us down just, just quickly that sort of dystopian um, sort of world uh, of, you know, how AI is going to change things that we are familiar with. And you talked around this sort of this idea of the, the augmented marketer and really that brands that aren't adopting that are going to be left left behind you know forget actually what i said at the beginning about first mover advantage it's you're going to be last mover loser or whatever the uh, the, the expression would be but from your perspective and i appreciate it's so difficult to predict this sort of thing but what do you think the impact um is going to be on both the the size and the shape of marketing teams going forward as a result of ai i think it's the distribution part, mm. okay, will need to be reinforced. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, I'm a big fan of the Tom and Jen, you know, uh, philosophy, which mm -hmm. is going beyond, you know, the pure tracking of all leads on your site because the buyers they go to you on many touch points that you don't master. Okay, first being your client. Okay, so 
The question is how you're going to enhance this capability to touch more people, influencers, uh, third-party tools, including the ChatGPT themselves, how you're going to influence mm -hmm. them so that you, the content can be high volume or very targeted thanks to AI and more accurate, you can really touch your audience. Okay, So distribution, I would say, um, we localize in local country. We have 10 countries, nine languages, including Hungarian, Romanian, Spanish, French, whatever. We take the time to localize it, okay? Uh, because we know that people, they want that. So the time we gain in generating the product, we want, I want to invest it in touching the people with their local language, local way of consuming. So distribution to me is something which we need to invest more, okay? So mm -hmm. maybe local marketing teams also to, to, to make it more accurate because if you go in a very generic uh, worldwide uh, one size fits all type of content then you will be to me blurred okay mm -hmm. so taking the advantage of the AI to be more uh, uh, localized is something which is key um, I think the brand is something which brand exposure is something which will be, will be, will be key Okay, uh, there might be many brands also popping up. Okay, so I think that being consistent uh, in what you say, what you do over the time, uh, is something which is super important. Mm -hmm. uh, there will be a risk of of having a attack on your brand or side effects. So again, I think that we need to be clear on who we are, our values. Uh, and, and and that's something which which uh, we shouldn't. Uh, Forget. So, yeah, branding, distribution, to me, will be key. Actually, actually in B2B, uh, I'm, yeah. Mm. Uh, I, I'm, and that was very interesting. I noticed you diplomatically did sidestep in terms of the answer of what the, the size and shape of the marketing team would be. But I think probably with, you know, understandable, understandable reasons. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my experience, I can, uh, the only experience I have is, again, yeah. augmented accountants. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, did, we did that and now it's, it's massive it was reading we had thousands of people that were reading the invoices and entering mm. materially in systems invoices okay we came with a solution we automate that but there are more people now because you have more people analyzing and yeah. so it's Schlumpeter always, always this discussion about uh, value creation mm. I mean I'm a strong marketer believer I'm a strong product believer. I think that when you have a right product and you help people to know about it, it's the best way to sell, even in B2B. So there are so much to do uh, that I don't expect that it will go to self-marketing. Uh, uh, yeah. So I think we will need people, different skills. Mm. So it's not only a wish, it's a belief. Oh, no, I definitely. <laughs> and look, I, there is, I'm completely convinced in terms of the continued need of, of people i think what, what will be interesting look, there's probably an, another episode that we could we could we could pick it up on is just what how it will change the the structure of the marketing team and especially the disruption that it will cause at more of the junior and mid-level marketer mm. um because i do think that there's a, such a huge role for people who are in that sort of mid to senior um, to be able to make sure that they are effectively, you know, use simple language, asking the right questions of um, 
an AI tool or they're giving it the right direction. But what I think is going to be fascinating, if it does cause that disruption at the more junior level, how do um, the future senior marketers of tomorrow gain the requisite experience if they don't have that sort of learning ground because of that disruption by AI? But as I said, probably a conversation <laughs> for another day and probably a conversation for more than the 25 minutes that we've, we've had here. Um, but before I let you go, um, I absolutely am obliged to ask you our house question, which is when was the last time that you saw any marketing or advertising, you know, any form of communication really, that really made you feel it in your guts, that moved you on a deep emotional level? And that can be human created or AI created just to make that clear. It's human created, by the way. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> it's not on purpose. It's not a joke. Um, it's, it's, it's through a work we've done, uh, which is our new brand identity. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'm a very uh, uh, big fan of, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting the, uh, the name uh, of uh, Absolutely Awesome from April, April Dunford. Uh, which is putting, you know, the client experience, your fan client at the mm. earth of your positioning. And actually, it's something a lot of brands have done. If you look at Airbnb, the way they rebranded totally some time ago, uh, putting the client experience at the heart and, and, and completely changing the narrative. So that's something we've been through at Ironman First. And actually, listening from our clients, human interrogation, no AI, mm. and... And, and it's, it was then so easy to find who we are, where, why we are unique, our strength, etc. So that rolling, rolling it out to something which is marketing and new website and, and new narrative. And that pe people, many people in the company outside found it so obvious. Uh, that's, um, it struck me beyond my expectations in the fact that, uh, again, listening to your clients, what they say about you, back to basics, <laughs> we mm. say, is amazing powerful. And when you have the chance to have fan clients as we have, it's something, it's super powerful. And all the rest, I would say, is technique. And, and that's something that struck me uh, a lot. It, it's something which is, it's so clear, obvious, and simple, which is to speak to your clients. Um, and that having just the most revolutionary sort of impact in terms of how you can build your, your offering, build your communications. And it's just, it's amazing how, that's still neglected by so many, um, so many brands. Um, it's just, it is just worth the time to, to do. So uh, thank you very much for sharing that. And also thank you very okay. much for engaging in that, that conversation. I appreciate, I'm trying to take it in a dystopian um, direction. I think you very, very wisely sidestepped that, but perhaps we can pick <laughs> that up on another episode. But I Good think that you, really the, um, the big takeaway from this conversation for me um, is, it's no longer actually, as I said at the beginning about the uh, first mover advantage, actually AI is very, very much here and it has an immediate application, both in terms of generating efficiency, but also the accuracy, as you quite rightly said. And it would be, I think, probably negligent now of marketers not to really actively invest in how they can use it and apply it within the context of, of their business. So David, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you very, very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, Benedict. B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth is brought to you by Allen Agency. To find out more, head to allen-agency.com. You can stream B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found. 
And don't forget to click subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Allen, thanks for listening. Thank you.